For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Oh, yeah. Better than this. I don't know what I'm doing. I can't do this shit. What's better than this? Guys, being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Monday edition of the show. Kyle, this is the last week that we will not be able to watch football games that we haven't seen before. Can you feel the love tonight? Kuna Matata, brother. The peace, the How was it? Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. He yeah. loved it. That's great. Really, really took me back, brother. Was I was really nice worried. Break. I was really worried with the uh, the expert reviews. Sounded like it was getting panned for being a shameless money pander, but sounds like you enjoyed yourself, which is great. If you never, if you just watched the movie and you never knew the story or anything like that, you probably don't appreciate it like you should. But the fact that this was a staple of my childhood, it's a movie that I think about still today. Um, to see a modern day iteration of it with, you know, kind of, you know, a, a CGI presentation, it was it was really nice to see that. Now, was it more epic than the original? No, no. But and, and I can see if you if you strip yourself from the idea and said, this is all I know, I'm going to watch this movie. No, it's it's not going to live up to the expectations of the cartoon. So what's next? Like, what's the what's the next movie of your childhood that's going to get remade? Brother, I don't know how it's happened, but I've I've seen Rocky Balboa in movies on the big screen in the two thousands. You know, yeah, I've seen Rambo on the big screen in the two thousands. Well, Stallone, Stallone's the worst of all of them, man. Oh, he is not the worst. The Creed movies are good, man. Actually, I, I have not I have not seen Creed or Creed two. Oh, they're good. They're good movies. Um, I really like the Ninja Turtles and the original like actual people Ninja Turtles were good, but the more recent ones have, have, have Holy really, cow. yeah, I was not. glad they brought back bebop and rock steady though. Of course. In yeah, the second one, really interesting characters. Yeah. I, um, I asked my significant other, um, your wife. It, yeah. If, if <laughs> you were a character from the Lion King, who you would be. Yeah. And she was stunned to find out that your answer for yourself was Timon. Um, it's really, we're going back to this, huh? 
Well, I mean, I, I just wanted to acknowledge it because I crowdsourced it and, you know, people were surprised. But then people on Twitter started putting your picture next to uh, Meerkats and <laughs> I don't seems, know who seems I, to be I a little bit like? of resemblance there. Yeah. Is it what I act like? I don't know. Do I act like any of these characters? Mm, no, I don't think so. Just Timon, Timon is, you're much more of a central character in my life than Timon is like a, a peripheral character in Lion King, you know? It was just, it was all about the, the, the sunken eyes that I feature, <laughs> you know? Not about necessarily what role I would play, you know? It's, those are different questions. There's a lot of questions surrounding the 2015 NFL draft, though. Yeah, we're still waiting for answers on some of them. Yeah, holy cow. Like, I did a series this past month covering 2016 saying, generally speaking, you need three years to figure out what guys are. And there's some guys from this 24 or 2015 class that are, are now four years in that I still don't know what the hell to do with. Right, right. Jameis Winston being one of them. So I did the redraft, Joe, and uh, the redraft went up on the site today. And I did keep Jameis with the first pick because... There's no other options. (laughs) Right. I mean, like, they needed a quarterback. I did not have Mariota going in the first round in the redraft. Oh, really? So that you have that big of a contrast between where Jameis is compared to where Mariota is. Well, here's the thing. I I know Marcus hasn't missed a ton of games, but he's had a lot of durability issues and he's really regressed as a player over the last three years. You know, 2016 was clearly Mariota's best season. And the last two years, I get there's been a lot of turmoil. I know he had the injury to his throwing elbow, so that really impacted his ability to throw the football. He's just he's kind of turned into this like check down Charlie kind of guy, and he protects the football but does it in the wrong way, even though he's athletic. And it's like a lot of the same issues that I saw kind of manifest themselves in the regression of Ryan Tannehill with the Dolphins. And obviously Jameis with Bruce Arians in the mix now in Tampa Bay. I mean, Jameis has been productive. That hasn't been the problem. It's been the turnovers, right? Like he's got to protect the football and still produce the, you know, the points and yardage that he does. It's the, the turnover piece of it has to go away. And I'll be interested to see how that meshes with Bruce Arians. Obviously a, a schematic fit is definitely there, but you know, for a quarterback that needs to cut down on turnovers, matched with a head coach that says no bit, you know, no risk it, no biscuit, it's going to be interesting to see how that all meshes together. The output's going to be there, but do the turnovers go away? That's going to be the question. Right, fifty-eight interceptions and fifty-four starts for James Winston. <laughs> that's not that's that's a lot, brother. That's, that's a, a lot, lot of turnovers. I'm not Meanwhile, a math like, guy, but I could tell you that's more than one a game. Meanwhile, Mariota had like less than one interception every two games over the course of this, this past season. But he also had like, I don't know, 11 touchdowns and like six average yards per attempt. And just like, the, I think the dynamic between them is very, very different. Now, if, if Winston falls flat on his face with Arians, then I would probably redo this 2015 redraft. And I would not have Winston going number one overall because there are some great football players in this year's class. Although, interestingly enough, a lot of the best ones didn't even go in the first round. Well, I was just looking through this draft, and the, the question on my head has been, who's the best player? Who's been the best player drafted in 2015? I'm not sure it's not Trey Flowers, Kyle. 
who was pick number 101 in the fourth no, round. Oh, Frank Clark's been a better football player than Trey Flowers over the course of his first four years, and so is Daniel Hunter. I didn't even see Frank Clark's name. Frank Clark right. was picked 63rd, and Daniel Hunter was picked 88th. Frank Clark was always a better pick than that. He had the off-field stuff, right? right. I mean, and he didn't just have, like, the domestic violence issue. Right. Uh, he was charged with a felony second-degree home invasion and stole a laptop in I'd 2011. That's a problem. I'd say that's a red flag, Kyle. Right, so between that and the domestic violence incident, like, Frank Clark honestly probably got drafted higher than he should have based <laughs> on the red flags off the field. And now he's got a $100 million contract, and a team gave up a first and a second round pick to acquire him. Right. So when I did the redraft, my top five were Winston to Tampa. I had the Titans going with Amari Cooper instead of Marcus Mariota, because if you remember, the Titans wanted a wide receiver, and they drafted Doriel Green Beckham at the 40th pick in this year's class. You want a wide receiver? Just take a good one. Don't take the bad one. (laughs) Then I had uh, the Jaguars taking Daniil Hunter instead of Dante Fowler at three. Yeah. I had the Raiders picking Frank Clark. Imagine Khalil Mack and Frank Clark. Hmm. I'd say I'd say Oakland would have some good pass rushers. Yeah, a lot better than the pass rushers they have now, right? Uh, and they got how many sacks did they have last year? Like eighteen? Yeah, it was. Less oh than my 20. god, twelve or something? I don't know. It's yeah. horrible. And then I I actually had Trey Flowers going fifth to Washington because I like that scheme fit. Yeah. Uh, well, where would they, would they play him? How would they play him in Washington? That'd be interesting. I mean, kind of the same thing they did with Preston Smith, who they they drafted in the second round of this year's of the 2015 draft. I just experienced a little bit of heartbreak. What's that? I'm navigating through you know this draft as we talk through it, and I just saw a name that it, it struck a nerve with me. Oh no, Haloi Kikaha. Number forty-four overall by the <sighs> by the by the Saints. Was he not yeah. fun as shit to watch at, at on tape at Washington? Honestly, I thought he was a little overrated at Washington. You are you're overrated. I know that's a, not a popular take. Who <laughs> was it? Was it our good friend Brian Perez who like loved Kikaha? Leave Brian out of this. Somebody loved like was a lot of people did in love with Hello. He John Owning loved him too, didn't him? Because he had a jujitsu background. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much all it'll take for John. <laughs> I need to see where I I had Kikaha 48 on my board, so I wasn't – I mean, that was normal. I had him 131. Oh, geez, you hated him. I mean, he wasn't explosive. No, not at all. Kikaha's skill set does not match the high level of production he has created during his senior season. Kikaha is undersized, fleet-footed, but not explosive as an edge defender – and lacks in power. He has instincts to provide rotational depth as a 3-4 defender or could transition into an off-ball linebacker in a four-man front defense. The knee Four, injuries were the problem, Kyle. Fourth-round grade. A million different knee injuries. Yeah, he had he had two ACL tears in college. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure he tore had two ACL tears in the in the NFL, too. Not he's up to four total ACL tears. Not ideal. What do you do? It's like, oh, it's like that meme, like, ah, oh, shit, here we go again. <laughs> I cannot, I can't imagine doing it once, let alone twice, let alone yeah. four times. You ever suffered a big injury like that? I never have. Uh, the worst injury I ever had was I separated my shoulder. Oh. And when they popped it back in place, uh, it, was, it was during a game and my uh, collarbone, it's called your AC joint. It's what uh, some of the quarterbacks, when they have like shoulder sprains and stuff, it's that collarbone where it connects with your shoulder blade at the top of your shoulder. Yeah. 
uh, that was out of place. And by the time the swelling went down and it had healed a little bit, uh, they said they would have had to uh, undo some connective tissue in there to put that back in place. And I never got it fixed. Oh, good. So that's my worst injury. Yeah, I've got, I've only had minor stuff. Missed one game of my football career. One. One. Tough guy. Gritty. Yep. Hey, guess what? I went back in the game, though, with the shoulder. Wow. Would have never doubted that. How about uh, we got some busts here at the end of the top 10, Joe? Yeah, we do. Wow. Kevin White, seventh overall to the Bears. Vic Beasley, eighth overall to the Falcons. Eric Flowers, ninth overall to the Giants. Which one of these surprised you the most? Did you just say Pro Bowl pass rusher Vic Beasley was a bust? Vic Beasley has been terrible besides one season. <laughs> uh, which one's the most surprising to me that they busted between White, Beasley, and Flowers? Yeah. I hate to hold it against Kevin White. He just hasn't been healthy. Like, I, I don't know that he can't play. I know that Flowers can't play, although he's somehow projected to start <laughs> this coming season. I don't know what we're doing. He's in, uh, he's he, in Cincinnati, right? No, he's with uh, the Redskins. Yeah, he's with the Redskins. Yeah, he is. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, And Matty V wants to tell us the Redskins are running 10, 11 games this year. Brother, I've been working on Matty V. What's up, dude? I know you're listening. Thank you. (laughs) Um, All right. So which one's the most surprising? I don't know. Maybe the Falcon. Maybe Beasley? Because Flowers never deserved to be picked number nine, right? That was always weird the second it happened. And then Kevin White's. I think he was worth the pick. He just couldn't stay healthy. So to me, it's Beasley who, you know, at the time, speed off the edge was – well, speed off the edge is still very exciting, and and Beasley gave you that, and he was yoked up, and he tested well, and he's not been consistent. And on a defense that's tailor-made for his skill set. So I guess the most surprising is, is Beasley to me. I mean, has not been consistent is the understatement of the year. Well, there's is there a stronger word than inconsistent for to describe somebody that's inconsistent? Very inconsistent. Oh, very. He's been yeah, very yeah. inconsistent. Very inconsistent. <laughs> Four sacks as a rook, 15 and a half in 2016. Then they moved him off ball, didn't they? And he had five. So. And then they moved him back on the line of scrimmage. And he had five again. So in three seasons, he has 14. And in one season in 2016, he had 15 and a half. Meanwhile, the Falcons got one of the best players on their roster in the fifth round of this year's class. And you're referring to Grady Jarrett. Man just got paid. Sacked Tom Brady three times in the Super Bowl. What a do, baby. Very strong player. Uh, Four-year, $68 million contract last week. Getting him off the franchise tag. Yeah, I thought that was kind of a, a deal that was a little less than what I was expecting for him. I guess it, you know, the sack totals aren't necessarily there for him. Yeah, his, his raw numbers aren't quite as elevated. I think he's got, what, 16 career sacks and like 30 tackles for loss or something like that? Yeah, but I think this is like a Jerry Hughes thing where if you're not getting pressure from other directions and you're the only guy that's getting home, yep, it makes it very difficult to throw pressures into sacks. Yeah, you yeah. need you need it coming from more angles than just you. Nobody, could, nobody watches Grady Jarrett and doesn't feel like he's one of the most disruptive defensive linemen in the game. He, he is. But he's not paid like one. He's paid very well. Like, don't get me wrong. But he didn't get, like, crazy resetting the market money like you kind of expect every time we talk about a young, good player getting a new deal. 
Do you think Grady Jarrett's more valuable to the Falcons than he could have been to some other teams? Or do you think he's a universal player? Because the Falcons' defense is so predicated on speed in general. Are there defenses out there that you could put Grady Jarrett in and he would not have the opportunity to shine as effectively as what he can in Seattle or in in Atlanta? I mean, if you ask him a two-gap, but I mean, if you get him in a penetration-style role, he's, he's going to be good. And he doesn't, I mean, he doesn't necessarily have the, the greatest physical traits that you're looking for. I, I mean, as long as he's penetration style player, I think he's going to be very effective. I don't, I, I think sometimes you've been able, you've, you've made me believe this to be true, but I don't think this is one of those times. His Sub- numbers are right up there. Term, six, one. Yeah. I mean, his numbers are right up there with um, Leonard Williams's through four years. And Leonard went six. I so, loved Leonard. Loved him. Yeah, I was a big fan as well. I actually left him in New York with uh, the redraft. Do we think they end up trading? Like, they talked about potentially trading Leonard Williams this offseason. I feel like you've said that a lot. Um, and I don't know how much legs there has been to it. I mean, it, you just look at their overall defensive line landscape and you think maybe there's an opportunity there. But, I mean, the Jets have plenty of money, and I don't know why you – you'd be engaging in those discussions. Just have Leonard Williams, Quentin Williams, Henry Anderson, Foley Fadakasi, and Nathan Shepard, and just go to town. Like, I, yeah. I'd i want them all. Foley Fadakasi is a fun player, by the way. Yeah, he is. I think he's going to really develop into a nice rotational guy there for the, the uh, Jets. Um, Most underrated first-round pick in this class. Do you have one? The most underrated first-round pick in this class – he went 27th overall if you're looking for the right answer oh yeah it's byron jones yeah it's imagine how good byron jones would be if they didn't play him at safety for two years and just let him be a corner right imagine if he would have gone to minnesota at 11 he and xavier rhodes instead of trey waynes Right, that'd have been a, a really, really good tandem. Oh my God, how about the uh, the running backs this year? Yeah, it's an interesting group. I mean, you've got Todd Gurley, Melvin Gordon, David Johnson, Tevin Coleman, who are like preferred lead runners in the NFL. Well, Tevin's then, not yet. He's going to get the opportunity to be. Yeah, he's going to be a freaking problem in San Francisco. He's good. Uh, and then you still, I mean, you still have like Jay Ajayi. You've got Duke Johnson. Mike Davis is going to play a, pre- a big role for the Bears this year. Yeah. You, you had a nice influx of RB talent that is, you know, contributing in the league right now. This is a nice role. The girly pick was surprising at the time because he was coming off the injury, wasn't he? Right. Right. And it's been a great pick up until we start to look at him now and say, is he going to be okay? Is his knee right. okay? That's, I mean, that that's a really scary proposition for Todd Gurley right now. What does he look like going forward? And it really makes me wish, and I talked about this when I did the redraft, Joe, that his physical prime, like 21 years, 21 and 22 years old, he wasn't wasted by Jeff Fisher. 
He had 571 touches in his first two years in the league when Jeff Fisher was the head coach of that football team, and he had 4.3 yards per touch, not carry, per touch, with 64 receptions over those two years. Mm. 3.2 yards per carry on 278 carries in 2016. (laughs) Wasteful. Yeah, not great. But, uh... Yeah, I mean, I mean, between he and, and Melvin Gordon and David Johnson, a uh, couple really exciting, like, do-it-all types of backs. And then you have Tevin Coleman, as you had mentioned, as a specialist, as a, a pass catcher to this point, who's going to get a really good look in San Francisco. And, and Duke Johnson and Jay and Jai had a 1,200-yard a rushing season with Miami off the back of two or two or three, three, two or three 200-yard rushing games. Um and then his his knees just totally been shot, and he's I don't he hasn't signed with anybody yet. So it's kind of the the economics on running backs are so screwed up because they run you into the ground on your rookie deal, and then it's time to pay, and now nobody wants to pay you. Yeah, and I think you'll, you're seeing that with what's going on with Jay Jai right now. Todd Gurley right now has the potential for that to materialize for him, and it's very unfortunate. But I don't think the Rams should have any regrets about making that as the tenth overall pick. Right. Was there a single good tight end drafted this year? No, there was not. I mean, like Nick Boyle and CJ Uzoma are the two best. And Boyle was like fifth round. Right. <laughs> like in terms of who's been actually good in their NFL career. Some sneaky good offensive linemen in this group, though. Big facts. Uh obviously Brandon Scherf stands out for being a stud, uh, recovering from a pec injury. Mitch Morse, now Buffalo Bill, correct? Yeah. yeah in great. this draft class, Rob Havenstein, league, brother. Yeah. R- Rob Havenstein was one of the best right tackles in football, according to Pro Football Focus last year. His run, gate, or run game grade was like an 85 or 86. Had a lot of success going to the Rams. Ali Marpet. Yep. More of a developmental prospect. Uh, he started slow in Tampa, but he he just got paid big time bucks this year too. Yeah. Uh, so and Shaq it's weird, Mason like, and Trent Brown. Yeah, Shaq Mason's another one. When I did the redraft, ended up going in the first round. Yeah, and Trent Brown. Own. Trent Brown went thirty two. Yeah. Shaq Mason, I sent to uh, Detroit because of Matt Patricia's fetish for former Patriots. They didn't draft him in the right order. We'll talk. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that, that didn't because I mean, this is a year. Lake and Tomlinson's a first round pick. Yeah. Uh, wasn't Obwehi, Cedric Obwehi's a first round pick. Cedric Obwehi, he's a t- top 25 pick. So is DJ Humphreys. Meanwhile, <laughs> the good offensive linemen were to be had later. And a little bit of outliers, right? Like for totally different reasons, Trent Brown's like the biggest offensive tackle we've seen come through in quite some time. Yeah, like at one point in Florida, I think he was almost four hundred pounds, and then Shaq Mason's like six one. So like unique players, but again, New England, they'll develop you just fine. Brown had his first breakout in San Francisco. New England trades peanuts for him. He starts high caliber left tackle. The Raiders pay him a record breaking contract, and the Patriots get a third round pick back in comp picks. <laughs> so dumb. The whole the rest of the league is so dumb that they they this continues to happen. If um, if people watched our Twitch stream last Wednesday night, they would know that the third quarterback in this draft we had 
you know, Mariota at two, we had Winston at one, and then the next quarterback went number 75 overall. Yeah. Garrett Grayson hasn't thrown a pass in the NFL. He is a good college quarterback, damn it. He, I don't disagree with you. He was a good college quarterback for Colorado State. I saw this stat, and I'm going to change the subject on you real quick here. Sorry. Right. This stat on Mitch Morse is mind-boggling. Okay. You know what this is. I think you have you tweeted this out, I believe, at some point. On Mitch Morse. No, I, I, I maybe I'll, it'll, I'll remember it once you say it, but I have no idea right now what Mitch, it is. Mitch Morse has not allowed a sack in his last 1,543 snaps in pass protection. That's amazing. Glad he's the center for Josh Allen. <laughs> what the hell, man? Zero sacks in 1,543 reps? I mean, I, I'm sure a lot of that's because Mitch Morse is a good pass blocker, but Alex Smith got the ball out, right? Sure. I mean, that helps. Glad he's my center, Kyle. Meanwhile... I gave him to the Dolphins in the redraft. Dolphins have had 1,873 snaps on offense over the last two years and have 85 sacks. <laughs> uh, I'm not a math guy, but that's 85 more than Mitch Morris. Mitch Morris. <laughs> yeah. And only like 800 or 300 extra snaps. Yeah. So what? Like, call it like 64. Jeez, man. That's, that's nuts. So the quarterback with the third most passing yards in this draft was... Trevor Simeon so far by a lot. Was he, he was undrafted, wasn't he? Or was he a seventh round pick? Um, I think he was a seventh round pick. 250 overall. Yeah, he was drafted. Brett Hundley had 1,800 yards passing. Bryce Petty, 1,300. This is, this was not, I mean, there's not even like, we have two questionable starters and a couple of not preferred backups. And then Sean Mannion somehow – what t- is he on a team? I feel like he's, he's on a team. still on the Rams, isn't he? No, he's – is he really? He's on the Vikings, that's right. I knew he was on a team. He's on oh, the Vikings. Did he change teams this year then? Yeah. 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 Do you have any brand guys that have, have had successful careers out of this group? Uh, let's, uh, let's take a gander here. Um. Huh. Let's see. Eric Kendricks. I had a first round grade on him. He's a very good Likewise, linebacker. Good stud. Uh, Eddie Goldman. I had a first round grade on Joey, sir. That's why we're best buds. <laughs> I loved Eddie Goldman this year. He had I, such good tape at Florida state. I have some first round grades that I don't want to talk about. Yeah. Likewise. So we won't. What did you think of Jordan Hicks coming out? I, I did not him. like Jordan Hicks. I thought of him as my 137th player on the board in the fifth round grade. Okay. Yeah. So we're, we were in the same ballpark there. Uh, his 2016 was phenomenal. Jordan Hicks. He he was a tremendous pass coverage guy. Durability has been a big problem for him still to this point. But uh, his plays in space coming out of t- Texas were really, really impressive stuff. I had David Johnson in my top 50. 47th okay. on my board. Oh, boy. I liked Andy Gallick too much. I had him 51. Dude, Andy Gallick was a top 50 player for me as well. He kicked ass. Watch his tape. He kicked ass, man. Great college tape. I don't understand. I, to this day, will not understand what happened there. And I had Daryl Williams 75th on my board, and I think you had him even higher. Daryl Williams? Yeah. 
the uh, Carolina right tackle. Yep. I had Daryl Williams 34th on the board that year. Hmm. So that was, that was a good dunk for you. I mean, I also had Shaq Mason 43rd that year. Oh boy. Did you really? Yeah. You should probably talk more about that. You think so? I had him 82. He okay, got drafted so, I mean, 131. He's one of the yeah, best guards I mean, in the game. better than the NFL on that one. Right, yeah. Come, Can we come. pour one out for Owa Magbe, a Diggy Zua? Yeah, he's got a brother now, too. Yeah, and his, his brother's at UCLA now. Yeah. <laughs> but Odiggy Zua, man, he was, he was a stud at yeah, UCLA. And he just, like, didn't want it, right? I think he had some injuries too, but yeah, like, I, cause he got, he got signed by the bills, I think last year. And I was all excited. I would be, it, the bills lined up signing like him and Scott Christian. And I'm like, Oh yeah, these guys are, these guys can play. And they can't. <laughs> I think I have a dunk. I need to, I need to, to do right now. Oh yeah, I do. Right. This is, Let's this is it. a really good dunk by me. Uh, I had Anthony Harris, the safety who is really making a name for himself, was very solid player for the Minnesota Vikings. I had him uh, a, a high third-round grade, number 71 on my board. If I'm not mistaken, he didn't get drafted. Look at you, Joe. Yeah, undrafted. Starting strong safety for the Vikings. His PFF grade last year was an 89. All right, now, now, now we're playing the game. <laughs> so now I gotta ask. Okay. Where where did you have Shane Ray? Shane Ray. You probably hated him and you're gonna dunk. I had Shane Ray 41. Oh, I had him 92nd. Huh? He was a first where round. Did pick. Dan- where did you have Danny Shelton? No, not doing this. Where'd you have Danny Shelton? I wanna know where you had Anthony Harris. Uh, I had Danny Shelton 23rd. I had him 86th. Where did you have Brashad Perryman while I look up where I had Anthony Harris? Perryman? Yeah. 36th. I had him 76th. Anthony Harris, I had 193. Should have had him a little higher. I did better than the NFL did, (laughs) so back up off me. (laughs) Yeah, you did. Yeah, we had a we we were both fans of Demarius Randall this year, were we not? Um, yeah, I had him thirty fifth on my board. You had him first I, round grade, I know. No, 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 no. I had him forty fifth. Oh, I had him higher than you. You did. I'm Good. trying to give you credit. You're sitting here trying to give it give it back to me. Yeah. Good friend of mine, Darren Marius Randall. Um, what about? Oh, here's a name, Davis Toll. Reminder that guys with 31-inch arms are generally not going to be good good pass rushers. They couldn't block him in college, though, man. Davis Toll. You yeah. know who else couldn't get blocked in college and got blocked in the NFL? Who was that? Bobby Richardson. <sighs> that, like, 270-pound defensive tackle from Indiana? Yeah. He had fun. His tape was fun as hell. Yeah. I don't care. I had him 90th. He didn't get drafted, did he? 
No, but and then he like actually got reps with the Saints one year and he was decent. And then like he'd never played again. Item 77th. So where did you have Grady Jarrett? Uh, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I had him 72, so I did okay there. Uh, Grady is... Uh, one spot above Doriel Green Beckham at 172. Not your best work? Um, Doriel Green Beckham was good work, though. It sure as hell was. Once 173 for a guy that went top 40. Uh, I had him one on 110, 110. So we, I didn't okay. take the cheese on him either. <laughs> he was like, pe- people thought he was wide receiver one that year. Uh, you know who else people thought were good this year was Paul Dawson. Uh, I was like middle ground on Paul. Same. I didn't get snookered the way a lot of people did. Yeah. You just have to remember when linebackers run four, nine, seven. It's a problem. Bit of a flag. It's a bit, bit of a flag. Bit of a problem. I had him 82nd, Paul Dawson. Oh, boy. Where'd you have him? Above, above 82? Who, what, what player was it again? Paul Dawson. We're just talking about 89. 89. Okay, so we both have him in the 80s. Last one for you. Where did you have Daniil Hunter? You know that I had him way low. I do not know this. I had him 61st. I, I always talk about how Daniel Hunter is one of my biggest learning learning experiences in scout. Oh, well, I would love to hear more about that. Tell, why don't you tell me where you had him? 192, Kyle. <laughs> that is that is my uh, that's my Grady Jarrett. That's return for yeah. Grady Jarrett. <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> you knew it too the whole time, you fuck. Just, yeah, we're keeping it, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, um... <laughs> <laughs> that's it that's it i'm gonna put my phone down that's it. we're done Scott. hope you guys enjoyed it's always nice to wind back the clock take a look at what these past draft classes uh joe we got a date with ben solak though so we gotta run yeah we, we would hate to miss it yeah yeah we would definitely hate to to schedule a phone call and then not make the phone call right ben yeah yeah well <laughs> we'll talk with you guys tomorrow if you got got hot takes uh, takes on takes with the hashtag takes on takes at Joe Marino and at grinding the tape on Twitter, Kyle Krabs signing off with Joe. And we will talk with you guys again. Manana. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early. So everyone can go home on time. There's Granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts. So you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.